and children to the earth wants you. Yes, here we are, the Church of Stuff Shopping, Savitri D and Reverend Billy, with this week's guest, Mo Beasley from Fury. Hallelujah. Local anti-gentrification warriors, praise be. We've had an experience this week. I'd like to just start the hour off with a memory of, a bad memory of, a member of our Stop Shopping Choir from the bass section, Ravi Rockbeer. Last Friday was subjected to cross-examination all day long by a representative of the Immigration Customs Enforcement Department of Donald Trump's sick mind. It was out of the U.S. District Court in Newark, New Jersey. In so many ways, a premier city of the East. But uh, this courthouse, this courtroom, you got 150 people there, most of them supporters of Ravi Rakbir, but the person facing him, a Harvard Law graduate, preppy, with an expensive suit, his effort to cover up his fat ass. Kind of a preppy looking, uh, kind of, you know, Superman glasses. Who, 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 what's Superman's name when he's not Superman? Kent, what, what's his name? Clark Kent. Clark Kent glasses, amen. Dancing around while this gentle, elegant Ravi from Trinidad is sitting there after having been in our country for 25 years and really making it his country the best of the new Americans, raising two children, marrying an American citizen, a leader in the immigration rights community, director of the New Sanctuary Coalition. Well, that's why they're targeting him. Mm. They picked him up uh, just recently on the same weekend. They picked up scores of immigration rights leaders across the country, and that's the subject of the lawsuit right. because you're not supposed to target particular kinds of activists. And Gene Montreville, we love him. He's in Haiti now. Gene, we miss you, Gene. Gene. Come back. Wouldn't it be great if this reached Gene? Hallelujah. Somehow. Amen. Killian, engineer figure, producer figure. Get this over to Haiti, will you? Can we beam in there? Hallelujah. We also would like to reach out to KCIEI, KCEI from Taos, New Mexico. Beaming from the top of Llama Mountain. Am I right? No. I don't know where their antenna is. <laughs> but we're so glad that we're uh, in in the mountains of northern New Mexico receiving the alternative uh, experimental living going on there, the permaculture, the, the arrival of people finding a new way, a new kind of America. And then we gotta, we've got to do it because we just don't want the kind of thing that I saw Robbie going through. I mean, it's going to be with me for weeks and months. That's right. That's uh, right, it is. And I know they interrogated him quite uh, rigorously on his... Uh, Oh, it was, it was going back almost 20 years demanding uh, specific memories of why he filed certain, um, uh, you know, illegal filings. Uh, why did he make a, a legal filing to change lawyers uh, uh, when he was going to prison to Alabama for two years, to an Alabama prison? Why, why then? Why not eight months before? And, and Ravi's sitting there, well, I was, 
I, I think I was emotionally overcome. I think it, I knew it was time to defend myself in a new way because the original lawyer made it possible for him to be called an aggravated felon for the rest of his life when, in fact, he had just kind of years before had a minor job in a company that was conning people fraudulently in the mortgage in the mortgage crisis. So uh, that sort of thing. Uh, they're, pick, they're pulling fathers out of living rooms right now all over this city. Well, I, while uh, you were at Ravi's uh, hearing, I went down and, and uh, checked out the ISAP office here in Manhattan, uh, the Intensive Supervision Appearance Program, which is where people go to check in with their ankle monitors. Um, and it's a highly invasive um, form of jail. I mean, it's jail without walls, essentially, ISAP. And... Uh, yeah, I witnessed something there that um, I've, I've seen underground in the tombs, you know, the, the racialized so-called justice system. Um, but this was even <coughs> more racialized, if you can believe that, than the New York City jails. Um, and so anyway, this Friday we're having a people's press conference down there at Foley Square, Foley Square, May 11th, which was a day that Ravi was supposed to check in, but he has a stay for uh, some period of time. And uh, a lot of different immigrants will be speaking about their stories, their 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 journeys uh, to where they are right now, things that they've gone through, uh, dealing with ICE and uh, DHS, and uh, just the, the hardship, really, of, of life in another country, uh, with or without ICE and DHS, just how hard it is to immigrate somewhere. Emigrate. Um, so, children in the mega church. Savitri and I are. You can tell here at the beginning of our sh uh, today's church service, <laughs> we're overcome with emotion. Ravi's a dear, beloved friend, and and uh, we've we've sung with him, and we've 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 committed our our risky actions with him, and uh, trying to improve life here in New York City. But listen, they don't have to be uh, friends for you to care about them, right? Like, remember that there are immigrants all around you all the time in this, this is city racism. and this country, and there's a racist this situation. This is racism. We he are continuing the legacy. Ravi was the black man in that courtroom. I mean, he was, he, was, he was trapped, surrounded by a system that was looking for him to make a mistake on the stand, and they had him on the stand for five hours And straight. we each one of us have to take this on personally. Come on now. In, with civic responsibility here, that's now. what it is, right? To all, to all of our brothers and sisters. Enough of this nonsense. Justice. Stop the Justice immigration now. racism. Stop Donald Trump. Amen. I'll so we'll see you I'm Friday. Sorry, I'm going to throw this microphone at the wall if People's we don't change the subject. press conference at Foley Square. And next Thursday, come out and ride with us at Bikes Against Deportation, uh, which, as you know, we slow down the vans at the ICE facility on Varick Street here in New York City. Next Thursday, Turning May 17th. now to news from the natural world, I have some With interesting information for you. Earthalluvia. Last October in New Orleans, about 50 people in bright orange shirts filed into City Hall for a public hearing on Entergy's request to build a $210 million power plant. Their shirts read, clean energy, good jobs, reliable power. The purpose of the hearing was to gauge community support for the power plant, but for some of those in the crowd, it was just another acting gig. At least four of the people in orange shirts were professional actors. One actor said he recognized 10 to 15 others who work in the local film industry. It was very shady, very secretive, especially when we got paid. They literally paid us under the table. One of the <laughs> actors who was paid to speak at the October meeting 
uh, was paid $60 each time they wore the orange shirts to meetings in October and February. Some got $200 for a so-called speaking role, which required them to deliver a pre-written speech, according to interviews with the Democracy. actors. Democracy! <laughs> That's what it's come to. They paid us to sit through the meeting and clap every time someone said something against wind and solar power. This guy, Keith, says it. I'm not political, he says. I needed the money for a hotel room at that point. There you go. So next time you see people clapping for Entergy or any of these big energy companies, just remember, they're probably actors. We always knew that. Researchers tested 23 chemicals <laughs> commonly found in groundwater near fracking operations. The chemicals chosen were recently associated with reproductive and developmental impacts on mice. Exposed mice had abnormal responses to diseases when they were older, specifically an allergic disease, a certain type of flu, and a disease similar to multiple sclerosis. The mice whose moms drank water containing the mixture of fracking chemicals had faster disease onset and more severe diseases. More than 17 million people in the U.S., guess what? Most of them are poor, and many of them are people of color, live within a mile of an oil or gas well. Sacrifice. California is about to become the only state in the nation mandating that virtually every new home have solar panels by 2020. Hey, 2020, that's two years from now. Way to go, California. A weed killer used to manage plants along the U.S. Highway 20 um, left the Deschutes National Forest in Oregon with hundreds of standing but dead ponderosa pine trees. Weed killer killing the trees. Forestry officials believe the trees were killed by an unhealthy dose of perspective, the brand name of an herbicide used <laughs> in the area. Death by perspective. Perspective. Stephen Hawking's final theory about the Big Bang was published. The paper was written in collaboration with Thomas Hertog and suggests the universe is not only finite, but is much simpler than current theories suggest. Mm. I like that. Mm. I feel that. Okay. DNA sequences suggest that Dr. just Hawking. 250 people made up the original Native American founding population. 250 people. The question is, did they all know each other? I don't understand that. Okay, well, I'll explain it later. More than 5,000 farmers in the western Indian state of Gujarat have told authorities they would rather die than live without their land, as disputes over the resource become increasingly contentious in the country. Farmers in Bhavangar district said they have written to state officials and Prime Minister Narendra Modi demanding the return of more than 2,000 hectares of land they say was acquired by a power utility more than 20 years ago but has lain idle since. Ah. Most farmers had gone back to cultivating the land, but they were forcibly removed some months ago. Without our land, we are dead, so they may as well kill us, a farmer said. Poachers kill three rhinos uh, in the last two weeks in Kenya's Maru National Park. Please, stop the killing of the rhinos, okay? Children raised in a rural environment surrounded by animals and bacteria-laden dust grow up to have more stress-resilient immune systems and might be at lower risk of mental illness than pet-free city dwellers, according to new research. A new study says global tourism accounts for 8% of carbon emissions, far larger than previously thought. Uh -huh. The world's tourism footprint has been quantified across the supply chain, with the carbon-intensive industry revealed as a significant and growing contributor to greenhouse gas emissions. Sink the cruise ships. This new study Sink includes them. 189 individual countries and all upstream supply chains. So that means all the trash you generate as a tourist, including like the straw, 
the washing of the towels, etc. Up, up the supply chain. Earth First needs to have a navy, and we need to sink the cruise right. ships. In countries such as the Maldives, Mauritius, and Cyprus, and the Seychelles, uh, international tourism represents between 30% and 80% of their national emissions. And of course, those are the places most likely to be affected by climate change the soonest. Sightings of large predators in places where conventional wisdom says they, quote, should not be. Large predators in the wrong place, predators out of place, have increased in large part because local populations once hunted to near extinction are rebounding thanks to conservation. Amen. Observers have hypothesized that as these populations recover, the predators are expanding their ranges and colonizing new habitats in search of food. Go large predators. Come on. Come on. I want to see you in New York City. A trio of great horned owls has been found to be engaging in a polygamous relationship. Oh, no. Yeah, in Canada. Great horned owls are notoriously territorial, which is why finding two females building nests next to each other was so unusual. Also unusual was the single male bringing food for both of the females as they sat on their eggs. Such behavior suggests and indicates that the male mated with both females, an example of polygamy. If true, the observation would be the first record. Polygamous horned owls, people. Exciting. Are they Mormons? <laughs> no, they're in Canada. Oh, well, I guess Mitt, there are Mitt Mormons Romney's in Canada. happy he's delighted because he's a bird watcher. <laughs> Is that what he was, uh, his dog was doing, was watching birds? That's right, from the top of that station oh wagon. God. The news, you know, not as bad as it sometimes is, I guess. No, you just had more coffee than Thank usual. Thank you for listening. That was news from the natural world. And now, a song. The wonderful Amy Winehouse. Sister well, Amy. Valerie. I go out by myself And I look across the water And I think of all the things What you doing? And in my head, I paint a picture. Since I come home, where well, my body's been a mess, and I miss your gentle hair and the way you like the dress. I want you to come on over, stop making a fool out of me. Why don't you come on over? Put your house on up for sale. Did you get a good lawyer? I hope you didn't catch a tan. Hope you'll find the right man who fixed it for you. Are you shopping anywhere? Change the color of your hair. And are you busy? Did you have to pay that fine? You were dodging all the time Are you still dizzy? Since I come home Well, my body's been a mess And I miss your ginger hair And the way you like the dress I want you to come on over Stop making a fool out of me Oh, I 
sometimes I go out by myself and I look across the water and I think of all the things what you're doing and in my head I paint a picture since I come home well my body's been a mess and I miss your gentle hair and the way you like things won't you come on over Stop making a fool out of me Why don't you come on over feel that friendship amy a special song mm. where are you amy we right. miss you we miss you oh, man. yeah so i'm really uh pleased to introduce mo beasley who's here he's the youth coordinator at fury uh, fury is a incredible organization uh in based in brooklyn uh, fury stands for families united for racial and economic equality it's a member-led brooklyn-based multiracial program uh, led mostly by women of color. They organize and unite low-income families to build power, to fight against systems of oppression so that Amen. the work of all people is valued. Yes. That all of us have the right and ability to decide and live out our own oh. destinies. Preach yes. It, preach it. Preach it. They use direct action. They do use direct action. We've been there a few times with Fury. Mm-hmm. Felt good. Leadership <laughs> development, community organizing, and political education to win the changes their members seek. Uh, Fury's guiding principle is that those directly affected by the policies they seek to change should lead the organization because they are the true experts. Ooh, that's a radical statement so right there. M- Mo right. Beasley is the youth coordinator at Fury, and he's also the founder of Urban Erotica, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, welcome, Mo. Thank you. Hey, Thank welcome. you for having me. Y'all. Good to have you. Hey. Um, we always ask uh, what your favorite place on earth is, if you want to just talk about it for a minute. Your favorite place to be. Wow, my fa- my favorite place to be. That's a, woo. I'd love to go back to the French Riviera. I spent a month there. Whoa. <laughs> no one has ever said that, that on, <laughs> on this show. That's, that's a new one. <laughs> We're breaking new ground here. <laughs> it was uh, 1995. I was on tour with George Faison doing a, uh, a Broadway review of shows, and I was stage managing for him. And um, we spent a month, and we did a 90-minute show every night, like twice, and then the rest of the time we were just hanging out, on nice. s- you know, on the Riviera. Fabulous. You know, I'm at a beach when I'm, you know, in an ocean where I can see all of the, yeah. all of the sea life. You oh know, yeah, the Mediterranean. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, it was lifestyle of the rich and famous. That part is just like, oh, this is what to get a beautiful place like this, you have to yeah. be, you know, you know, I know. you know, you insanely have to be the wealthy. Of a Broadway show. Yeah, right. Like you. Have you. To be <laughs> 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 right, but it was great, and you know, hung out and actually talked to Ringo Starr every day because he lived in the. Oh, we were in a five star hotel and. 
So he would come out him and his partner and walk along the the beach and damn. Just say, hey, wow. what's up, man? And, you you talked to out. a beetle? Yeah, just you know, just oh shooting, shooting the breeze. Say hi, to, hi, say hi to Ringo for me, will you please? Yeah. <laughs> what's right. up, Ringo? Okay, like he remembers <laughs> me from 1995. <laughs> I like his haircut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about what's happening yeah. in the neighborhoods. What's happening in the neighborhoods here in um, the Gowanus area of Brooklyn is, you know, a big fight uh, against gentrification against. Uh, environmental justice um, as this Gowanus Canal gets uh, cleaned up mm -hmm. and you know it finally gets cleaned up as the neighborhood gentrifies and the folks in public housing the members in Fury are are doing everything that we can to make sure that we don't get left out of the mix mm -hmm. and that we all benefit from this which is not the plan for a lot of the people making these changes right but you know that's okay we'll 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 relieve them of that <laughs> delusion. <laughs> delusion. Well, Fury's always done a great job of, of just keeping that foot in the door, and yeah. then that arm, and then the shoulder, and then the whole body. And pretty soon the doors open, and you're inside the room, and you just will not let people forget no. what they need to do. No, the no. real estate planners, when they set up their plans, they they uh, they only have large numbers of 28-year-old millionaires coming from somewhere. Where do they come right. from? And right. they show up, and they they pay high rents. And exactly. that's been going on here. And what about the young people you work with? I mean, how does this come down to them? Like the gentrification, you know, they see it looming in the in the in the distance. How they're going to live? Where are they going to live? How, how do they talk about it with you? The way that they talk about it is through their poetry, uh, mostly, uh, and they write poems about privilege or in the the onslaught of privilege mm -hmm. in their community, and it shows up where they're they're seeing these twenty eight year old millionaires or you know people making six figures coming into to their neighborhood and behaving as if they owned it you know this whole that whole columbusing attitude mm -hmm. it's like somehow we they just discovered you know they just discovered the Gowanus area they just discovered this new hot you know cafe pub club right it's been here forever but all of a sudden it's something brand new because they just got here and they can blog about it or what have you and so the furious youth we have a monthly open mic uh, every third, every I'm sorry, every second Friday of the well, month. Well, we got one this week, right? We got one this Friday, May 11th, and you know the, the legacy of Malcolm X is the theme, and so human wow. rights versus civil rights, and so I'm, and I'm introducing these mm -hmm. these characters to them. We started in Ju January with the radical Dr. King, mm -hmm. and the young people at Fury, they really feel like what they say often is they feel like the older folks got it wrong, mm -hmm. starting with Dr. King. And you know they came to me and said, "Look, Mo, you want us to do this show about, you know, Dr. King?" And I think Dr. King sold us out with this whole turn the other cheek, nonviolent resistance, mm. you know, and and with a with you know desegregation or assimilation or what have you, then you know it undermined community power, mm -hmm. you know, um, and so we introduced them to, and we being um, Michael Higgins, our community organizer, introduced them to. The radical Dr. King, who was the, uh -huh. the poor people's movement leader, yeah. leader yes. for the poor people's movement yes. and the anti-war movement. Yes. And it was funny because one of our furious youth leader, Frantasia Fryer, was the most vocal about not feeling Dr. King. Mm -hmm. And in the in our office, telling me why and, and apologizing and almost feeling, thinking that I was offending, that she was offending me. Mm -hmm. While she's saying this, Michael brings up videos of Dr. King and his anti-war anti uh -huh. speeches. Uh -huh. 
And Fantasia goes, who's that? (laughs) 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 Same voice, but not doing, we shall, no, not doing I Have a Dream. She couldn't even put the two together that Dr. King was saying, we need to go to, we're going to Washington and we're going to to pick up a check. You know, having seen a speech by Dr. King talking about land grants that helped um, white farmers and agricultural workers get a leg up in the agricultural business in the beginnings of this country. And those same people turning around to people of color telling us, you know, you need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, and Dr. King saying, well, you didn't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're going to tell me to do it. You need to do it, too. Well, I imagine also <laughs> that movement sometimes looks less radical to, to youth because it's been co-opted by so many right. white-led groups that actually haven't lived those principles at all, you know. and, and Good point. I mean, uh, so it would look that way, right? Right. Cause, I mean, yeah. Last month at the open mic, they told us that they didn't think marches and protests worked anymore. Mm-hmm. And last month, you know, our theme was freedom songs and freedom movements. And they said, you know, speeches, I mean, well, marches, protests, or passe. And we had a group, and it's a wonderful intergenerational conversation. So you had older activists saying to them that marches and protests are a part of the activist toolkit. Mm-hmm. And actually that's a term we came up with at that open mic was that there needs to that what is the activist toolkit. Mm-hmm. So marches protests are a part of it, but then what else are we doing? What else are we doing in you know in the state house, in city hall, in mm-hmm. the city council chambers, in the community board meetings, uh in in the public housing mm-hmm. communities and co- the the workshops, the fired up academy workshops that we're ha- that we hold every summer, where we're teaching the residents in the community how to fight back, how to organize, and on every level, from the street all the way up to the state house, all the way up to the White House. You know, so the young people get to hear that and realize that oh, okay, right, it got co-opted, and so from you know, you and it's th- simple things like I'm watching. Um, seven seconds on Netflix last night mm-hmm. and it's about you know cop, white cops in Jersey City killing a black teenager and it getting covered up and every time the main characters come out of the police house the people protesting seem like caricatures right, uh-huh. right. and that's, I see that in you know I see it in law and order all the time I see yeah, it in all I this know. so popular entertainment has made our children believe that the protesters are it's these stupid. Ca- are clowns <laughs> yeah you know? I, know I was like no no because what do they think mm. works better? Like, so they, they think it's passe, but what is their kind of, do they have a vision or like an idea of like what might work or what could work? Well, all a march has to no. do is stop and claim a few square feet of territory. Mm-hmm. Like those, those, those black teenagers from Ferguson, Missouri, who just stopped right. in front of that police station. Good and boy. after Michael died, Michael Brown died, they just refused to leave. Well, they could have been a march marching by, but they stopped. Mm-hmm. And that's common to Occupy Wall Street, that's Standing Rock. When a march stops and people start living, bringing in food, you know, then you have a medical tent. Mm-hmm. And after a while, you have a, a media tent and a library. Right. And you have places to meet and pray together, and you have a little fire. And you know, uh, uh, living is, is a, march, a march stopping. Right, and that's those are the things that I'm the conversation that I'm having with the young folks for them to see that because they're young people in New York. So Standing Rock, what's happening in Standing Rock? And ironically, I just came back from Catalyst Con, a conference, a sexuality conference in L.A. But I was on a panel with, um, with a, with a veteran, Ethan Shattuck, mm-hmm. who's now a therapist, who was at Standing Rock mm-hmm. and talked about how veterans showed up in Standing Rock yes. to help protect the people the the indigenous folks protesting so that when the U.S. Marshals showed up, 
about to steamroll over the people, they stopped once the vets showed up because they were like, we can't have this optic on the news. I remember that amazing. weekend. They, they took that razor wire off of Turtle Island. They just took the it The vets down. just went in right. with their... With, with their, their <laughs> wire cutters, <laughs> and nobody stopped them because they had so much moral authority. Right. And who, and who were those guys working for the oil companies who were uh, mm. uh, uh, Well, they're also vets, they right? Were some, there a lot of them are vets. There you see the bifurcation of our military, that's right? It's right? right. like what right. it does to people, right? Like some people come that's out right. really radicalized by being in the right. military and progressive. Right. A lot of them are something. vets, but some of them are Blackwater USA yeah, types as well. Let's be realistic here. Get that gig, you know. Right. And, and unfortunately, the vets who tend to be more radicalized are the ones who get traumatized. Yes. You know, and right. the ones who get right. paid well, you know, and they they are on the other side of the conversation. But at the end of the day, it's still about wealthy elites, you know, using, pimping, abusing, um, oppressing all people, mm -hmm. you know, for their benefit. You know, it's the few pimping the, the many yeah. for their benefits. You know, I watch people get preoccupied with the new prince in, you know, in England and this, this young woman of color that he's about to marry. Mm -hmm. And I watch a news story. I came back from L.A. and there was a half-hour news story about this, this couple. And I'm like, about, about a family that has oppressed people for, yeah. in a, 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 an empire that has oppressed people for centuries. Yes. And now we're preoccupied with the new prince and the new princess? I Are know. you serious? Well, he's cute, Mo. He's cute. He's Tell that to right. Killian. He's game, Irish. Right? The cult of, you know. He's got that red hair. He's Irish, right. so <laughs> Killian's been feeling oh, that. Oh, Killian's an Irish Killian's person. has been feeling that for some time. <laughs> no, but again, we don't we Don't, we don't, don't educate throw furniture people. at us. <laughs> we don't educate people that, you know, the British citizens, their taxes still pay bankroll these people to stay wealthy. This, 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 this lavish lifestyle that we want to, that we have the public pining over. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, man, and again, I, you know, I always I make it plain. Like I'm a kid from pu public housing in Boston. You don't beat around the bush. No, I don't make it. You know, I, I've been raised by you know, I've been raised by loving family members and some really rough uncles who were hustlers and pimps and we make right. it plain. And the uncles of mine would tell me, uh, yo, this is just pimping one on one, baby. Like, <laughs> you figure out how to get somebody to do something for you <laughs> at their expense for your benefit. That's pimping, baby. And that's, to me, that's yeah. the, the root of capitalism. And yeah. I watch it every day. Yeah. You know, and people try to make it, you know, I was in L.A. having this conversation about we need to take care of each other. And what, you know, what was radical about Jesus Christ, you know, wasn't these miracles that the, the mythologists try to come up with. But it was like this, Jesus had a, a sermon, a conversation, and everybody comes hanging out and people are hungry. And he go, yo, if you're a fisherman and you've got a bunch of fish and a few kids, and someone over here is a seamstress and has a bunch of kids, but and you don't have good clothes, well, sister, won't you help him make some clothes? Uh -huh. And you give him some fish, and let's figure out how to take care of each other. Let's yes, be each other's I keeper. That. Oh, I thought, like, the, that's I thought the, the seamstress was going to make a net for the fish. I was, right, I was going too, in another baby, direction. Right. <laughs> there you go. No, but that's the right direction. But again, that's what made it radical. And at some point, someone in a conversation said, man, you know, you sound like, you sound like a communist. You sound like a socialist. Great. And again, my folks, I like I come from people of African and indigenous descent, mm -hmm. people who had a who had a powerful relationship with the the environment. Mm -hmm. So they would say uh -huh. they would though my ancestors, my ancestors from from traditions like Yoruba that are 4000 years old, who have this relationship with the natural world would say to someone like Mark, sit your ass down and let's have and let me teach you how to take care of each other. Mm -hmm. Like you don't, need a, you don't need a huge manifesto mm -hmm. to figure out how to take care of yes, each other. Yes. Let's you know cooperate, I mean? let's trade what, skills. Let's trade. And it's, and you know, let's if you go give back to, and receive. So with Families United for Racial and Economic Equalities, when the mothers from the public housing say, look, this doesn't work. The mothers who are taking care of families, raising families and looking at this community, looking at these foolish young people in places of power, mm -hmm. trying to, trying to get what they can at the expense of others, 
the the Fury membership is going, no, we there is enough to go around for all of us. If you stop being greedy and you stop being you stop being ruled by your fear. Mm-hmm. Stop Amen. being ruled Amen. by your fear. There it is. You know, rule by follow your love. What do you love? You love your family. Love is radical. Love is radical. Love is radical and love ain't easy. Love takes work. Yes. Fear is easy. But we have love in us. We all have it. We're carrying it around with us. It's just got to be activated. I want to hear about Mm -hmm. Hero Genesis, this this comic book you're working on. Explain that word to us. Hero Genesis. Hero Genesis. So what we're doing is taking, we're having, Furious, the Furious Youth Arts House is what we call it, is having having a comic book workshop series in May and June, starting next week, May 17th. And we're, Teaching, teaching your young, furious youth who are visual artists to create a, a social justice comic book mm-hmm. which, which uses, which dramatizes the narratives from our public exclusion campaign, mm-hmm. permanent exclusion campaign. So Fury is part of a citywide coalition um, to end permanent exclusion in public housing. And so there are people in public housing, there are lawyers in public housing who have said things like, every public housing resident is a criminal and it is my calling in life to get, put them all in jail and get them out of public mm. housing. And so we're taking oh. characters like that and creating the, and turning them, as, them into something like a Thanos mm-hmm. and we say in, in a comic book to say it, to show how the people organize, rally, fight for justice mm-hmm. from these, mm-hmm. you know, these caricatures or these characters, these villains that are that are based on real people in New York City. But what is the permanent exclusion? What, is, what does that mean? So this is permanent exclusion is a policy in a tactic in, in public housing that says if. A public housing resident gets arrested by NYPD, just arrested, not convicted of anything. They get arrested. NYPD shoots a message to NYCHA that says, you know, your resident got arrested. That person is then now brought, is, is, is pushed out, is excluded from their home. Can't live, basically is evicted. And I love it. They, you know, NYCHA, New York Public ho- New York Housing Authority says they don't that use the word eviction, eviction but it is. It's, it's, it's eviction. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a, right. It's and we on go, an arrest, not on even an arrest. a conviction. Right. And then and why and why is it okay? Why is it legal for NYPD to send memos to to NYCHA about your residence that your that your tenant got arrested? It's inviting. Why is corruption. that your business? It's inviting corruption. Real estate just pays off. Pays well, off not the only police. That, but the police can arrest anybody. Right. They can arrest anybody for anything right. at any time. And you're protesting. You 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 protest for something downtown and you again you take up some real estate and get arrested for that that is grounds for permanent exclusion if you are if you are public housing residents so the furious youth that i work with who live in public housing if we stage a protest and they get evicted they can be excluded from their home based on these policies in public housing right now so again fury is part of a god that's like internal deportation that's exactly it it sounds so much like uh, because there's no no, uh recourse like you can't get a lawyer and fight back no because they can't go they can't the 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 residents can't go into a hearing with a lawyer but the NYCHA lawyers are in there, and those and and we've we've had horrific stories of oh residents God. being so terrified and and terrorized that they wind up, you know, they wind up urinating on themselves in a public hearing. Oh, you know, because it's sad. You know, like it's it's you know, and it's torture. It's a you know psychological torture. And so, with Hero Genesis, we are taking those narratives of real public housing residents who have been terrorized and traumatized in these hearings and we're putting it into a comic book form we're using public in a public entertainment public forms of pop culture mm-hmm. forms of pop culture to tell these stories the same way like i said law and order would caricature 
right. protesters. Right. Uh, right. We're flipping that script. Well, I love it. We're flipping that script. It works on so many levels. Flippaluyah. There you go. They get to use their art skills. It's probably fairly therapeutic for them to like tell these stark stories in this way. And then it has the activist element, which is that it's going to affect other people and educate other people. So good. That's great. Because look, art is le- art is a leader. In New York City, the lie in the New York Times is that it, it's in the arts and leisure section. That's Amen. that's a sin. Oh. Art is not leisure. Oh. It is a leader. Exactly. In, it is a leader in a, in the freedom movement. Amen. Because when you change people's concepts, their vision, vision of themselves oh. through the poetry, the song, the music, the dance, the artwork, Woo-hoo. the comic book that they read. All know, right. Look, I'm a big comic geek, man. Preach yeah, it. X Men is all about you know um, xenophobia. Yeah. You know I grew up reading you know anti xenophobia as entertainment. I didn't yeah. know it as a kid, but I didn't know why I loved the X Men so much. But there was this multi ethnic <laughs> group of heroes yes. who were marginalized and had gifts to fight back. And so for me, with the Furious Youth Arts House, for me they are. I am Professor Xavier, and they are the X Men, and they about <laughs> run over the world, baby. I'm, I'm really interested in this uh, this other project that you, you started. Urban Erotica, Erotic Performance Art as Activism. Since 2001, ironically, when Fury began, the same year that Fury began in 2001, I started this this live variety neo-burlesque show of poetry, music, dance, um, video, film that celebrates all lifestyles that live in New York City. Uh-huh. At Urban Erotica, we like, it's the house that lust built and love saved from damnation, stroking the organ between your ears and allowing your imagination to take care of the Whoa. rest. <laughs> Where all the stories in the eight million, all the eight million stories in this naked city get I'm gonna told. I'm going to do that right now. I'm just That's right, baby. <laughs> and you can do it this summer, every third Saturday at Basquiat's Bottle in Brooklyn. Brand new sexy spot um, on Fulton and Bedford Avenue, Basquiat's Bottle. So June 16th, July 21st, and August 18th. And we're... June 16th is a queer pride prince party, so you two want to be there. Oh, yeah. And then July 21st is a superhero villain cosplay, erotica. And then uh, August 18th is an Afrofuturistic juke joint. And so, yeah. And you're working. Yeah. Mo, wow. it's, you know, I'm honored I'm to be trying to get paid eventually, you. too. Well, <laughs> paid well, better. <laughs> Um, it yeah. must be interesting to to have both those strands going in your life because um, I, like what I see when I walk around in New York City is just this incredible wisdom in the young people around sexuality. They seem so yeah. oh, much more evolved than we ever could dream yes. of being, right? Yeah, I'm a grandfather. My 14-year-old granddaughter, she's like, look, don't put me in the binary. Don't box me in as he, as her or she. She's like, I am they. I am a human being. I am not going to be a girly Amen. girl. I'm not going to be um, boxed in by you know the gender the gender box that this society tries to put me in. All the expectations and, and all. So the, inspiring, um, right? Yeah. And the rest of my family is like, we don't know what to do. Go see your G daddy because he does that <laughs> sexuality thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, so but you're a lifeline for her, right? Through that yes. process. But then she's a lifeline. For you, of course, right? Oh God! And that's the best part—is the yeah. feedback you get. It's just anyway. this is the perfect. This is the perfect step off into the rest of the show. I mean, we're gonna fly to the end of the show. It's um, fury, uh, fury.org yes. uh, for that schedule of upcoming open mics with Thank the you. youth, which will be great this this Friday night. Uh, uh, May 11th. <laughs> Malcolm X, May 11th. Um, how interesting to watch. Malcolm X through the lens of young people today right. living in this situation we're in living in this I want to go thank um, you please be and our guest. we thank you for coming today and Fury is a great organization if you have some uh, money to chip in on, on gentrification on, on youth in New York City or saving anything, our neighborhoods saving I'm going to tell families. you that money at Fury it, 
it goes far. These yes. people are doing the work, and they have been for a long time. And, and, and the organization, we didn't talk much about the history of Fury, which is really interesting, but it came right up out of the neighborhoods. Women fighting for their lives and the lives of their children and grandchildren. And now they're fighting for your grandchildren, people. So get yes. on it and go give there some money is. to Fury. Can I spell that website? So yeah. get it. F-U-R-E-E dot org. F-U-R-E-E dot org. Please join us. Thank you so much for coming in today. We look forward to talking with you again. Thank you, Mo. Thank you. Bless y'all. We're in the the same church over here. That's right. That's right, baby. There you go. And you you need a radical choir that's got uh, radical fairies and, uh, you know, trisexual soprano section. (laughs) You know, we're we're with you. You Just call us up. (laughs) Man, you two are so much fun. We don't try, it's just an accident. We like to bring the Stop Shopping Choir into the room. And now, Travis Tench, tenor, guitar player, really nice guy. Solar power activist. Community solar. Travis. My name's Travis, and I'm eating a salad. I'm a tenor. I've been in the choir almost 10 years now, nearly a decade. Travis, what's your favorite place on earth? That's a really difficult one. Um, It's probably a toss-up. Red River Gorge in Eastern Kentucky is one of the most beautiful places that I've been to and spent a lot of time there. Lassen Volcano in Northern California, the top of that is beautiful. I climbed it with um, Nate, the bass player in in the choir. Uh, we're old friends since we were young, young lads. And yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just kind of kind of magical. It's not like huge or, or it's not the biggest mountain or peak. It's just sort of otherworldly. Like you start at the, at, you know, at the base where it's like sunny and you're sunburnt and then you get to the top and there's snow on the ground, but also chipmunks. <laughs> so it's, uh, I don't know, it was, uh, this have this really vivid, like um, uh, sort of visceral memory of, of going up there. And that sense of accomplishment, I guess, too. And what's your favorite song the choir sing? Probably End of the World, because that's like, kind of sums a lot of things up. And the, ener- the energy, I think, in that song is really pretty amazing. I keep looking at you as if, like, to the, you need to have a clear shot of my face. This is audio. We don't have to worry about your face. Thank God. <laughs>
Amen. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> Savitri D. Oh, Extinction's Got person. Talent. Today, what are, what's next here? Today we're going to Asia. All right. To meet the fishing cat. And the fishing cat, as you can imagine, predominantly preys on fish. Well, cats love fish. <laughs> Largely active at night, fishing cats are good swimmers and have been observed diving for fish. I've observed it, and I, I recommend that all of you go observe it at A-R-K-I-V-E, archive.org, slash fishing cat to watch. What, the what, fishing do they, what do they look like? What do they look like? Well, Just they're like about here. the size of a Maine Coon cat, so a little bit larger than your average house cat. Uh-huh. Bigger paws. Otherwise, you would mistake this for a large house cat, except for that he dives head first, arms out into the water. <laughs> and I, I, we, so anyway, it's, it lives mostly in Southern and Southeast Asia, uh, Northeast India, the foot of the Himalayas in Nepal and India. I may have seen one and just thought it was a cat. A few scattered areas in the rest of India, Bangladesh, the Indus Valley. Anyway, Amen. they are threatened sadly but here we have now the, why we are have they threatened why oh are they threatened? the same reason that Habi- all habitat animals are threatened too Human many people pollution encroachment on habitat uh-huh. okay. in various ways whether it's toxics whether it's de- destruction of the forest they live in mm. humans are taking up more than our fair share of space and resources here the sound of the fishing cat swimming and fishing fishing cat in its native habitat so interesting listening to mo beasley talk today about what the youth are going through and this um the threats they face from the police and it reminds me so much of what um our friends dealing with immigration issues are going through we have so much work to do um i hope you join us in that work and reverend Talk to us. Tell us something. Yes, I feel the way that you do. The the uh, talking with Mr. Mo Beasley about about the young people uh, and how they're how they're coming in to communicate the necessity of staying human in your family in your neighborhood. It does it does seem so simple. We get away from you know we we underestimate the power of advertising, the power of the monoculture, uh, the power of the violence coming down on us. A lot of it we don't notice. It just lifts us up into ways of thinking that where we start missing the signals, the doorways into independence. And so often those, those passages into an original life, 
a free life. Those passages are built into us. We have that. We're born with that. So the young, the young are furious, amen. We have traditions which we use to return to that dream that is so, so often we're born with and grow up with and then is taken from us by conditioning, by, by consumerism and militarism and so forth. We, we, have, we have places to go and people that reach out to us and return us to that dream. And I would like today to remember Larry Harvey. Uh, Larry uh, co-founded 27 years ago, co-founded a, a, an institution, a, a gathering, an annual gathering that for many became a year-round way of living that is known as Burning Man. Larry and a and, uh, friend long ago um, burned a collection of driftwood and two-by-fours on, on Baker Beach, just north of Golden Gate Bridge, just south of Golden Gate Bridge in, in San Francisco. And gradually that went out out of town as it became a larger gathering. And it went through its phases as a gathering, but Larry was the through line. He stuck with it and kept having a vision of what it could be next year and five years from now. He added a structure and a way to sustain it. He and his, the people that he brought in uh, to be around him. Um, say what you will about what it became. It's huge. 70,000 people camping out together in what they call the playa the lake bed uh, in Nevada. Uh, it has been a location for transforming one's life. And thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people uh, will be grateful that part of their life was spent on the invitation, the loving invitation, the wise invitation. We're going to hear a little bit of wisdom from Larry now. He brought people in to discover themselves and to be in this 100 degree uh, sunny until it's a sandstorm <laughs> uh, uh, party uh, gathering of people teaching each other. It it's an exploded semi-naked kind of Occupy Wall Street situation, people. I know that some of the people I'm listening to me right now have been there. Um, other people were there and now don't go there anymore, such as, you know, myself. But the, uh, the gift of the place is what you can make of it. And when you come back to your own city, come back to New York, come back to Tucson, uh, come back to Buenos Aires, wherever you return to, um, Burning Man is a part of our, our mind, a part of our soul around the world. People have it on their, on their, on their list of things they remember. And it's, it's an invitation to your own personal freedom. And it is radical. 
and ultimately a part of an action that you can take against an abuser, against somebody who would take freedom from those around you. So I, I want to thank Larry for being in our lives. I want to thank him for bringing the Stop Shopping Choir out, out to Nevada to those unlikely performances that we, uh, that we were a part of, the rituals. We learned so much. I want to thank Larry Harvey for his life. He passed away just, just a few days ago. Larry, thank you. I don't want to be a professional. And, uh, as soon as you become a professional, then you got to throw away half the inspiration that started it in the first place. From a wholly worldly perspective, my, my uh, prospects were, were bleak, no. Who knows? It takes a long time to discover what your gifts are. It just takes a long time. Uh, but the world, as it's set up and its jobs and its tasks, it, it, it's an artifact and it's limited. And there are just so many slots and everyone's told you better sh shove yourself into one of those slots. This is useful in the world. Make your money mowing lawns. It's in maintenance. That's where the money is. And, and suck up to rich people, you know, tell them you'll make them their garden look real classy and this is what's big in England, you know. Yeah, you could do that. Uh, but don't be doing this stupid thing. But you know, the trick is to find that point where what you are coincides with the world in some way, where it, it, it could possibly fit in. And then suddenly, it, 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 your dream is there, and, 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 and as in a dream, you just step into the frame, and, and suddenly everything in your world is meaningful. And, and you were born to be in it, and, and, and everything is animated, and you belong to, to it. Uh, now, how are you gonna figure that out? Unless you just keep doing stupid things. And I don't care if it doesn't make sense. That's what they're doing out there, you know, in the Black Rock Desert. It's like there are millions of weeds growing up. And you know what a weed is? A weed isn't a species of plant. A weed is any unwanted plant. And the world says, well, we're, we're just farming corn here. Get rid of those weeds. And we're just farming this crop or that crop. And this is, this is what's valuable. That's not valuable. We don't need that. It's not valuable. You're not valuable. Live in your passions and, 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 and make yourself available to visions. Don't try to rationalize it too much. Just move, move, move toward what, what, what feels most real. And, and then, for God's sake, accept the help of your friends, because that'll keep you sane. <laughs> Rest in peace, Larry Harvey. Thank you so much. This is The Earth Wants You, a project of the Church of Stop Shopping. Savitri D., Reverend Billy, your hosts. Today's guest, Mr. Mo Beasley from Fury anti-gentrification warriors here in New York. Thank you, everyone. Be free. Fight. Hallelujah. Earthalluyah. <laughs>